Fanny Crosby wrote the lyrics to Blessed Assurance. And in that very first stanza, she says, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And then she gives four different positions, four different experiences that we have through Christ. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. So blessed assurance for Fanny Crosby is that the anchor holds. I am secure in Christ. Blessed assurance. Man, when we leave that uh, funeral home, that cemetery, when we lose our loved ones, we have to walk away from them. There's nothing better than blessed assurance. There's nothing better than knowing that all is well. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Now, in that case, when you walk away from that cemetery, man, you got to be looking through that experience through the lens of faith, not the lens of how I feel, not the lens of what makes sense to me, what not through the lens even of what other people might say, but what is God's word actually said? What do I have? What promise can I hold on to? And, and will that promise hold on to me? Will the anchor hold? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Blessed assurance is the guarantee. Blessed assurance is the understanding that we have that lets us know that the anchor really does hold. When, when I was a little kid, we would travel back and forth from when we were stationed in Germany to go to England to see my grandparents. And we would drive our car onto a ferry boat, and the ferry boat would take us across the English Channel. We would get on the ferry boat in Belgium, and off we go. And I remember one of these occasions, we probably did it several times, but I particularly remember one occasion because the storm was so bad. And those ferry boats, they're great big ships, but they've got that flat bottom to them so you can drive those cars on there. And so um, you pull up into the parking lot right next to the ramp that goes up into the ship, and you get out. A guy gets in your car. He takes your car in there, locks it up, and chains it up in, in the uh, bottom of the ship. And you go up to the top, and they've got, uh, you know, it's a 30-mile trip. takes a couple hours. So uh, you get up there, and they've got little seats for you to sit in, and they've got a wraparound room with all these uh, windows to look out and see the ocean when you're crossing. Well, this particular time, you come out of the, the harbor there in Belgium, and it's a protected harbor. Well, there was an unbelievable storm going on, and it was, it was a strong storm. And I'm here to tell you, it, the waves were just high and intense, and that boat got to rock in, and I'm looking there, and we... We cross a, a fishing boat, not near as big as the boat we were on, but a fishing boat is over there, and man, it's rocking back and forth. And as a little kid, I was fascinated. I can right now, I can see that boat. I can see it going back and forth. And, and, and I, I just said, Dad, tell me. You know, and it was right next to a bunch of rocks. How in the world is that boat able to stay right there? And he explained to me the anchor and the line that holds the anchor. And he said, son, that, that anchor is really strong, hooked on a rock somewhere, and, and they've got a chain hooked to that anchor. 
And that chain is a strong chain. And so that boat is going to stay right there until they, they determine to move and take the anchor up. And I remember asking my dad, what happens if the chain breaks? Well, if the chain breaks, it's going to run into those rocks. There's no way it's going to destroy that boat. And, and that was my first understanding of anchor holds. The chain is strong. The anchor is strong. It's got a good hold on something. And, and the images in the scripture are there on this topic for Jesus to reveal to us that he has us in his hands. And that anchor is strong. As we endeavor to persevere here in life, he wants us to know that there is blessed assurance. He wants us to know that when we are in Christ, we are in Christ, and that anchor holds. Now, you don't want your children going through life really insecure, do you? You don't want your children going through life with overwhelming fear. You want them to have a healthy fear of certain things, but you don't want them just so afraid of life that... that one thing, they don't leave the house. Another thing, they don't try new things. Another thing, they don't try to go get a job, you know, for fear of rejection. You want that to be going on. You, you don't want them to be so, so, uh, you know, just boggled down with fear that overwhelms them. None of us want that for our children. God doesn't want that for us. God doesn't want us in the ball game of life thinking that as soon as we make a mistake, then he's going to take away the right that we have to play in the game. Or put it this way, when we make a mistake, when we anger God, which we are all going to do in our sin, when, when we live in a way that does not honor him, when we, when we perhaps misrepresent or disrespect God's name, that, that God at that point would then disavow us from being part of his family. None of us want that. That's not what we want. That's not what we understand. That would make us unable to participate in God's kingdom. We would always be afraid of making a mistake. We would be holding back. We would not be able to play. When, when uh, that Yankee closer, Mariano, when he would get into the game in the bottom of the ninth, he wasn't afraid none. No fear in that guy. He'd take that baseball, and you know, he really only had one pitch, and that was slider. And that was because his index finger was so much longer than the other one, he could naturally throw that slider. And you know, they would play Sandman when he was coming in. And I don't know about you, but I remember back in the days watching the Yankees in the playoffs, when that guy gets in the game in the ninth inning, you might as well go to bed. The lights are out. There's no way they're going to beat that guy. And, but he would walk in, the coolest cucumber in the game. There might even be a runner at third base in less than two outs or something. And he'd just walk in there, he'd take that ball, and he'd just get up there on that mound, and just as loose as he could, he would throw. You know, he had absolutely no fear. Just he was loose. And when, when we are strapped with fear, when we are strapped with the fear of making a mistake, when we're strapped with a fear of losing everything, man, we don't do well in life. 
Just like you're not able to really pitch that baseball, you're not able to really function well in life when you're just absolutely overwhelmed with fear. God doesn't want us living like that. And so he's given us lots of information to help us to see that that's not his desire for us. 1 John 5, 13. These things I've written to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, he says, the, the, the disciple John says, the reason why we've got 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th chapters in the 1st book of John, the 2nd book of John, the 3rd book of John, he tells in there, he wants us to know for sure about our eternal life. And so in 1st John, 2nd John, and 3rd John, he gives us information that allows us to be confident in the assurance we have of our salvation. Now, if anyone ever says to you that you can never really fully know whether or not you are going to heaven or not, 1 John 5, 13 wipes it away. He says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. So the Bible clearly tells us that we can know for sure that we have eternal life. We don't have to go through life worrying. We don't have to go through life wondering. We don't have to go through life hoping. We can know for sure that we have eternal life. And knowing for sure that we have eternal life is blessed assurance. To know that we are the heir of salvation. We are the purchase of God. To know for sure without any reservation that we have been born of His Spirit and there's no question we have been washed in His blood. Blessed assurance. Paul says in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. So if we are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. That quarterback doesn't have to go in the game with it on his mind, the coach says, look, I'm going to let you play quarterback today, but you throw one interception, I'm pulling you out. Now, that quarterback, he ain't long for that game. What's he doing? He's thinking the whole time, I throw one interception, he's pulling me out. Or the running back's hers, you can run the ball today, but if you fumble the ball one time, I'm pulling you out. Let me tell you something, that guy's going to fumble the ball the first time he touches it. Because he's going to be so conscious, so overwhelmed with not thundering the ball. He's going to be thinking about it so much. That quarterback's going to be thinking about nothing but be sure you don't throw an interception. And so what's he going to do? He's going to go back and he's going to see, I might be able to make that pass, but, you know, might, might be an interception. He's going to be so tight, he's not going to have good mechanics. He's not going to throw the ball well. He's not going to do his best. And Jesus has given us, God has given us information that allows us to live a free life, unfettered, when we have given away everything and we've turned it over to Him, we're not afraid of losing anything. And by us giving away everything to the Lord, we have everything to gain. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. It doesn't say you might be saved. It doesn't say you, there's a possibility that you're saved. It says you will be saved. John 6.47. Think about 7.47, the big airliner. Think about 6.47. You'll remember that now. 
John 6.47 says that if you believe in Jesus, you will not perish. John 3.16 says, for, the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Blessed assurance, we are the heir of salvation. We have been purchased by God. We are born of His Spirit. We have been washed in His blood. I want to do a little more follow-up with that idea the anchor holds. John chapter 10, verses 22-30. Let's see what Jesus had to say about blessed assurance. John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. Verse 22. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Now, Christmas wasn't celebrated during that day. That's a good trivia question. What came first, Hanukkah or Christmas? Well, Hanukkah came first, a long way before that. It was winter. Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I like that. Suspense was killing him. It's common for people today for suspense to to kill him about Jesus, about who he is. It's common today for people to think that if I had a little more information about Jesus, if I had a little more understanding about God, if God would make himself known in a way that is more prone to my liking, I might believe in him, I might trust in him, I might think more about him. And, and that's pretty much what these guys are saying here. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? In other words, suspense killing us. People often say that I can't stand any longer. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus responds to them in verse 25. Jesus says, I have already told you. you I've already told you. There's nothing else to tell you, in other words. I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. The evidence is in place. And the evidence that's in place, you said, is enough. You don't need any more information. You don't need me to do it in a different way. You don't need me to speak any more plain than I've already spoken because the evidence that I'm the Messiah is in, is in the work that I have done. The proof is in my work. The miracles that I've accomplished is enough evidence that, that Jesus is the Messiah. The problem wasn't seeing more, but believing some. That's always the problem. Today, people out there saying, man, if I would just see some kind of thing that there's no question it's God, I'd believe. No, no you won't. No, probably not. The, and what Jesus is saying here is the problem is never seeing more the problem is that you don't believe some. You see, when you begin to believe some, then the door is open to believe more. But until you believe some, 
you're never going to believe more. Did you know that? He says here in verses 26 and 27, he says to him, the problem is with you folks is you don't believe, so you don't believe. Does that sound right to you? Does that sound grammatically even correct? Is that good English? Is that, does that make any common sense to you whatsoever? Well, it, the crazy thing is it really does to me. It makes great sense to me. It makes great spiritual sense to me. I know that in my own life that until I believed, I didn't believe. Until I believed, I didn't know, and I didn't know until I know. And after I'd known something, knew something, then I knew more than I knew, and the new and the knowing, the new and the knowing just keeps growing. I didn't believe until I believed, but after I believed, I began to believe. And after I believed, I began to believe more. And after I believed, I believed, I believe, I began to believe even more. And, and I began to believe all of it. I, I began with a small part of it. I began with, I just wanted to know for sure about my salvation. I just wanted to know for sure that my sins were forgiven. I just wanted, I didn't want to burn in hell. I was one of those people. Man, I'll do anything not to burn in hell. And today, my knowledge of God is so much more than that. I believe then, but I really believe now. And if you compare my belief now compared to my belief now, it's like way back yonder, I really didn't believe. But now that I believe, I believe a lot more than I believed then. But I really believe then. And God accepted my belief back then. And I believed in him with all that I knew. They said to me that if I would believe in Jesus, I would know that my sins are forgiven. I would know that I have eternal life. And I would know that I am not going to burn for all of eternity in hell. I want that. I want that. And I'm here to tell you that this was my mindset then. If we're wrong, there's no hell. I'm still good. But if I'm wrong and there is hell and I don't believe, I got a real problem. I believe. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll do whatever them Bible people say I need to do. And I'm going to read that Bible and I'm going to find out not what others say, not what I think, but I want to find out what that Bible says. Because I believe, but I didn't realize I was going to believe and more, and I was going to believe more. I, I, I didn't know that I, my belief allowed me to know that Jesus is the Son of God, and now I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. And, and I've just layered no after no after no at K-N-O-W in my life. And the belief is much different than it was back yonder. That was 40-some-odd years ago. Now... If I get to stay around another 40 years, belief is going to be really something, isn't it? If I keep believing and I keep growing and I keep developing, and if my understanding develops, then my anchor is going to get bigger and stronger and the chain to the anchor is going to get bigger and stronger. And you know what else that's going to, that's going to happen? Bring on the hurricane. I can handle it. Because the anchor holds blessed assurance. The anchor holds. The anchor's not going to pop. 
the chain is not going to pop, and I'm going to be smashed against the rocks because my anchor, Jesus, holds. You know how I know that? Because of what he says here. He says in verse 26, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. And so that's where I believe Jesus says to them, the problem you got here is you don't believe. And if you believed, you wouldn't have a problem. And you wouldn't be asking for more clear information because you would believe and you would know. And you wouldn't have to ask this question. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. If you were my sheep, you would believe me. But since you don't believe me, you're not my sheep. Look what he says in verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Happens after some belief. Jesus said you can remove mountains if you have faith of a mustard seed. Mustard seed, little old bitty seed. Little old bitty thing. You can hold thousands in your hand. Blow them away. Just a little faith, just some faith opens up the door to more faith. Do you know that? you got to believe what you know, what you understand, and that opens up the door to understanding what Jesus has done for you, that you are his sheep, that you hear his voice, and what happens when you believe some, not understanding more, believing some, and that opens up the door to all this information is you get to the point to where because you believe, you listen to, his she- to the shepherd. You are his sheep. You know him. He knows you. And you follow him. Jesus says to them, the problem wasn't seeing more. The problem is believing some. The problem you have is, is not that, that, that you don't have enough information. The problem you have is you don't believe. So you don't believe. You might have had the experience in your salvation. You believed in all that you understood. You believed it. Maybe you even believe, boy, you sure hope it's true. I just got to have some relief. Shoot up amongst us. One of us got to have some relief. Come on. Shoot me. Do something. Give me some relief here. And that relief opened up a whole new world. Now, what we were talking about kind of went a little sidetracked there, but that's all right. I think you need to hear all that. Verse 28, Jesus said, I give them eternal life. Eternal life is a free gift. There you have it. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. You can walk away from that cemetery understanding believing in Jesus means that we will never perish. We can leave with victory. We can leave with some joy. We can leave the cemetery with some rejoicing. We can leave the cemetery with some assurance here. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Oh, the snatching part. The snatching part. No one can snatch them away from me. 
He says, I got some strong hands. My forehands are the strongest forehands in the world. Nothing can snatch you away from my hands. No one can snatch them away from me. So I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. He says in verse 29, For my Father has given them to me, and He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. So it all comes down to assurance of salvation. Blessed assurance. Knowing for sure about your eternal life. It all comes down to believing Jesus that He got some strong hands. No one can snatch you from my hand. No one means you. Your disobedience won't... You can't snatch yourself from His hands with your disobedience. You can't snatch His from His hands with betrayal. You can't snatch yourself away from Him with denial. You just can't snatch yourself away. If you trusted in Christ with all of your heart and you believed in Him, and as time has gone on, you're not quite sure about heaven, you're not quite sure about this God thing, and you've considered all these all, all options, you're still going to the family reunion. Because Jesus said, no one can snatch you from my hand. What a deal that's going to be. I just didn't think this was true for the last part of my life. I didn't think this was true. Oh, what I missed out. Man, I bathmouthed Brother Lee over and over and over. I said he was the stupidest man I ever saw believing all that stuff. And here I am. And there he is in line. Hey, Brother Lee, I'm here. I can't believe you're here. <laughs> How did you get here? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Do you mean to tell me that we have a coach that puts us in the game that says you can throw all the interceptions you want to throw? Yes. Do you mean we have a, we have a father that it doesn't matter what we do, he's not going to kick us out of his family? Yes. Do you mean that we have a God that doesn't make any sense to human reason. Yes, absolutely yes. Do you mean my understanding of God is going to be what God's Word has to say and not what I think, or not what I feel, not what is just kosher to me? Absolutely. You can know for sure about your salvation. When you're saved and you're in His hands, no one can take you from His hands. What does that mean? We are going to live for God. We are going to worship Him. We are going to love Him with all of our heart. We are going to be faithful to Him. We are going to obey Him because of all He's done for us. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of His Spirit. Washed in His blood. Don't we got it good? Ain't we got it good? I mean, we got good or better life to live. But you don't understand, Brother Lee. Man, i got these problems, those problems. It says in the Bible that all of our problems, Romans 8 tells us, that all of our problems fail to compare with the glory we have in heaven. 
we got it good. We begin to live life from the position of, man, we got it good. We got it made. Blessed assurance. Thank God for His Word. Father, help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to, to believe. Thank You, Lord, that as we believe, we begin to believe, and then we begin to believe and understand. We begin to know and know and know. And Lord, You just heap all that glory on us, all that blessing on us, all that awareness and understanding of Your presence, of the truth of Your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forth.